Warning, the Not Real Art Podcast is intended for creative audiences only. The Not Real Art Podcast celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. It contains material that is fresh, fun and inspiring and is not suitable for boring old art snobs. Now, let's get started and enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations, my creative brothers and sisters. Welcome to Not Real Art, the podcast where we talk to the world's most creative people. I am your host, faithful, trusty, loyal, tireless, relentless host, Sourdough, coming at you from Crew West Studio in Los Angeles. This is a very special holiday episode. This is our, let's see, what is this? This is our year-end roundup with the one and only Morgan Lawrence, the editor of the blog. You guys get to read all of our awesome content. Merry Christmas, Morgan. Uh, Merry early Christmas. Happy holidays to you, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. I have a confession, Morgan. Oh, dear. Oh, okay. I have a An conf- on-air confession. I, I might still be drunk from last night. Oh, goodness. <laughs> a lot of holiday cheer last night. Went out with one of our favorite artists, John Mark Edwards, who's sure. been featured on the blog. And uh, he and I hadn't seen each other in a, in a few weeks. And so we, we said, you know, let's get together and commemorate the holiday and catch up and I might still be drunk. You guys got festive, as my friends like to say. You really got festive. A lot of holiday cheer. So I have my coffee here. And, you know, I'm not going to be responsible for any of my actions or my words today because I've already fully admitted that I may be under the influence. So. Okay. Well, we'll see how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as I was saying, people, this is our year-end roundup. And as we, Morgan and I, were thinking about what to do for... The podcast, because of course we like to do a holiday special podcast every year, and it's varied over the years. Sometimes it involves on-air drinking, but since I'm already... Oh, doing- it's a little early. <laughs> okay, well, we could do Bloody Marys. A little hair of the dog might be in order. That's right true. Now. That's true. Have you ever had... I do love a good Bloody Mary with scotch in it, if you've ever tried that. Ooh, That's a really good wow, morning. Oh, nice uh, change You know, kind of hair of the dog. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice a little smoky scotch in there. Goes really well with the tomato, you know? Nice. Just an idea. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, food for thought and nutrition for my liver. FYI to everyone listening out there, for, for both of us, it's before noon over here. It's so five it's o'clock little, somewhere, little Morgan. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> well, in the Midwest, it's noon, so... Yeah, people, I'm, as I said in my intro, we're, we're recording this from our headquarters in Los Angeles, Crew West Studio. Morgan, like me, is a proud Midwesterner working remotely in her fair city somewhere in the beautiful state of Ohio. You're in an undisclosed location, Morgan. We're not going to reveal your whereabouts because, you know, we just don't know. We don't want you being kidnapped or anything. I'm somewhere in Ohio. Somewhere, somewhere in Ohio. Uh, that narrows it down. So, you know, that's, you know. <laughs> so we're doing this remotely, people, over the Zooms and the webs and the inner tubes and whatever. And it is early. It's early 8.48 a.m. my time here, Pacific time on the West Coast. And uh, Morgan, you're in Eastern time, right? So it is 11.48 yes, yeah. your time, right? 
So you're probably one, if not two cups of coffee ahead of me. I'm only on my first cup of coffee and, you know, God help us. But I was so stoked that we decided to get together and just talk about and just have fun and kick it for a little bit because, you know, we always like to do something relaxed for the holidays, something, you know, cheerful. This year is a bit different for all kinds of reasons that we won't bore people with. But you and I were talking the other day and said, hey, you know, we've, you know, we've been so busy doing all this great stuff for our listeners and our readers and our artists and our community. And, and of course, you're really driving the charge on the blog and, and notrelark.com with amazing stories and content and artist interviews and profiles and online exhibitions and just all kinds of things that you're doing. And then, you know, I'm, God knows what I'm doing, but here we are together to talk about all the stuff that you've done and all the stuff I haven't done. And, you know, then we can, talk about, <laughs> we can talk about what's ahead in 2024. I mean, you know, like no one knows the future, but I know you and I try to plan and I know some of the future, you know, really, what do you know? Oh, I mean, like what's going to happen with us next year, Scott, I, what I know is that you're going to die. You Oh, well, yeah, you know, that's yeah, Morgan, that's reading the future. Thank you. Yeah, that was a softball. A lot of my friends told me that I was the first person that told them about the pandemic or that that was coming. So maybe oh, I that, can read the future a little. That friend, I'm that yeah. person. No, I'm just that obnoxious friend who reads the news way too much. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, we do know some of what's going to happen at Not Real Art in 2024, but hopefully there'll be some room for surprises too. We always like to leave room for the universe and the gods to work in mysterious, magical ways. And yeah, so a little bit of sunlight in there, but it's action-packed calendar in 2024 in in many ways, but 2023 was also action-packed. It was. You've just been doing such a great job. I don't know if I tell you this enough, but I hear from people out here all the time, man, who's doing your writing? Oh, that's so sweet. And I'm like Morgan Lawrence. I mean, she's our editor and they just compliment you all the time. I probably don't have oh. that enough, but hey, that's my holiday. Well, that's so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> that's really nice. Yeah. See, you know, keep up the good work. I'm like, look at how good she is when she's just phoning it in. Do you think, you just think how good she'd be if she was <laughs> Well, we all have to phone it in sometimes, but I try not to do that <laughs> too much. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. That's like the bumper sticker says or whatever. So- you kill it over there from Ohio, the only state that's high in the middle and round in the ends. And why do I know that joke? Because, of course, I'm from Indiana. You're close by. Well, yeah, born and raised Midwesterner. And uh, fun fact about me, Morgan, because, you know, I was born in Gary, Indiana. Oh, I'm not sure if I knew that. That is a factoid. That's where Michael Jackson, that's from where the well, Jackson family that's, is Yes. From, right? uh, in fact, I was born in the exact hospital, very same hospital as Michael Jackson. Oh. So that's how I have, that's my cool factor. That's, that's why I can dance. That's your one cool factor. Okay. That's why I have my red leather thriller jacket that I wear, you know, around a lot. Oh, okay. I've never seen it. I've never yeah. seen you wear oh, it. I should, I should rock that. <laughs> I should rock my Michael Jackson's thriller, red leather thriller jacket with my Santa hat this season. That's a look. That would That's be a cool. look. That would be a vibe. Yeah. That'd be kind of like, to me, that would be like a Halloween cross with Christmas kind of look, you know? A Hollimus. <laughs> Hollimus. Yeah. Whatever. For those of us who, you know, like the Nightmare Halloween. Before Christmas, that kind of thing. We like Christmas with a dash of spookiness. Yes. Oh, ooh. You know, I mean, you know, it is kind of 
creepy the thought of someone coming down your chimney in the middle of the night. <laughs> I always thought so. I always thought that was super sus. And my family had a chimney, like a working chimney, you know, we kept firewood on the porch and everything. So I do remember when I was a kid feeling a little apprehensive about that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't have those nightmares because my parents were very intentional about making sure that they were the ones spending the money. <laughs> they were the ones doing the hard work. They weren't going to give the credit to some, you know, oh, creepy, interesting, creepy, magical <laughs> person. So anyway, yeah, maybe one of the reasons. Oh, my parents, they were like the opposite of that. They may, they would do little like hoof prints and like little footprints and leave us like little notes from Santa. Of course, in my mom's like perfect handwriting. So my mom was a preacher's kid. She, my grandfather mm. was a minister. So Christmas is all about the virgin birth of, of Jesus Christ, my friend. And do not dishonor the holy night with this pagan nonsense of a I see. man in a suit. So. So yeah, so it okay. was just, we exchanged, apparently one set of magical ideas wasn't as good as another set of magical ideas. And I got gifts though. I see. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. What people do for the holidays, I find that interesting. <laughs> yes, it is a fascinating thing. Now, what would your family do? I mean, you talked a little bit already about how fun your mom and dad made it growing up for you. What will you guys do now? Because you and your sister are obviously all, all grown up. And- we're grown. Yeah, we're all in our 30s now. We're all grown up. <laughs> I mean, we get together with the family and my mom and dad's house has kind of become the headquarters for the entire family, not just the immediate family. But, you know, my aunt's family is going to come over that day as well. They're big into games. Their thing is games. So they always bring games over and that sort of thing. And it turns into this kind of like... 10 hour thing where people are like wandering off to take naps and then coming back. And, you know, like we've got horses and stuff and they live on, well, they have horses. I don't have horses, but they have horses. And so, you know, there's always some outdoor activity that we might do in the cold too. So that's it. You're going to go rope some steers on the ranch with the horses? We don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. We only had one cow ever. And I thought he was our pet because we had him when I was little. I thought he was our pet. My dad, for some reason, gave him a name. He named him Homer, which is an adorable name for a cow. And then one day, Homer disappeared. And I asked my dad where he went. And he said, well, Homer died. And I had to take him to the pet cemetery. And I said, can I come with you? Because I was always very attached to our pets when I was a kid, of course. Of course, as kids are. Right, that's good stuff. And he said, no. Okay, all right. And then he he, go, he leaves, he goes. And then I'm just going about my kid life, not thinking anything of it. And then like a couple of weeks later, our freezer is somehow mysteriously stocked with all this ground beef. Horrible. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for like that line. Where was like, and then your dad said, here, honey, eat the steak. <laughs> you know? Horrible. I mean, he never told me, but I figured it out. I was devastated. No, they, you ate your pet, Morgan. You ate your pet. What kind of pet owner are you? You, you? you should never be allowed another pet if you're eating your pets. I know. I know. I don't have any pets right now because, unfortunately, the, the apartment building that I live in doesn't allow for animals. But we've always had dogs. We had cats. I'm a big dog and cat person. I love dogs. My dad always had horses and that sort of thing. And we always joke around that he likes the animals you know, more than he likes people. He's kind of like a dog whisperer sort of character. So we always we always had animals around. So I, I like having dogs and cats around. I, I think they're great. 
Indeed. My two kids are working me hard for a dog right now. Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet. What kind of dog do they want? Well, they kind of just want any dog. Well, I take that back. My son is like, let's get a husky. <laughs> I'm like, why do, you want a, why do you want a husky? They're very energetic. Very photogenic. That's about it. Oh, energetic, energetic. energetic. They are photogenic, photogenic. too, but, but energetic. Yeah. Yeah. The, the criteria, what my, what my kids don't appreciate is that the criteria for any dog that we might get is that it is short haired, a smart breed, short haired, smart breed that was probably going to be about 60, 70 pounds, no bigger. Although I love big dogs, grew up with big dogs, but we're not really so Oh, we love big dogs. Big mm-hmm. dogs. I mean, yeah, listen, if it was up to me, I'd just get a yellow lab or a brown lab and black lab and call it a day. Maybe we'll do, maybe we'll end up doing that. But the problem is our lives, unfortunately, with the way they are with the kids in school and the way my wife and I work and the whole thing, you know, life is just crazy. And it's like kind of not fair to the dog, you know, to like, you know, maybe right. us not be around quite as much or whatever. So anyway- I think I might just get them. We'll start with some goldfish. I said, you know, let's baby step it from the goldfish. Okay. Something to care about. Interesting. Um, My daughter can't clean her room, let alone remember to feed the dog. So yeah, but cleaning a fish tank is like a whole ordeal. I would not want to deal with that. The point is, is that, you know, I don't think my kids are getting a pet for Christmas this year. You know, Santa's not going to bring them a pet. Fair. Maybe a fair. Yeah. Okay. They're going to have to figure it out. They're still pretty young too, though, right? Well, my son is six and my daughter's 11. So he's at that age that boys want snakes, lizards, dogs, pretty much anything. And my daughter just wants a dog. She does not want a snake. Yeah, she's what? What six-year-old girl wants a snake? Well, I take that back. I, you know, they're. Well, she's eleven, so I'm like, you know, eleven-year-old girl. Oh, your your son is six. I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah. I said get a. I said get a tarantula. Your mother will love it. <laughs> yeah, what mother wouldn't? <laughs> so, Morgan Lawrence, what are you proud of as you look back in 2023? You've done such an amazing job just on the online exhibition First Fridays. You know, we about a year ago we came up with this idea called First Fridays, this monthly online virtual exhibition dropping the first Friday of every month, and you and our colleague Kirsten have done just an incredible job curating these wonderful shows. I mean, you must be really proud when you look back on the year. I mean, what exhibition really stands out as something you're particularly proud of and happy about how it turned out? Oh, gosh. Yeah, so we did 11 exhibitions this year for our first Friday series that we we just started in 2003. And one of those was the grant winners. Actually, the first exhibition that we did in, in February was our grant winners from the last cycle, which, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to be proud of that one, but I am proud of our grant winners and proud of the grant, you know, itself and proud that we, you know, finally have a forum to kind of show their work in an exhibition altogether by itself. So that's something. And then, of course, we're going to be doing that in 2024, too, with our new round of grant winners, although that likely will not be until the summer. So we'll be some waiting on that one, but something to look forward to in 2024. Yeah, I mean, you're hitting on something that's like worth unpacking a little bit, which is like the fact that, you know, the grant, which is one of our crown jewels. I mean, we started this whole thing a few years back and launched the podcast. I knew that we had to differentiate the podcast and do something special and just couldn't be in just another podcast, right? So we thought, well, what if we attach it to a, you know, we have an artist grant, the Not Real Art grant, and we can 
talk about it on the podcast and promote it. And then when we have our winners, they can come and be guests on the podcast. And it just helped to create kind of what I like to call virtuous cycle of kind of symbiotic programs. And year one, it was a yearly grant. The first three years, first four years, we did it every year. We launched it in 2019, 2020, 21, 22, and then 23. Is that right? No, no. It was at 18. I can't even remember now, but we're in our fifth year. <laughs> and uh, so we, we just, but we decided to go biannual last time, right? So if this, yeah, 23, I guess in, in 22, we decide, you know what, let's make this biannual and we'll do it again in 24. Right. So yeah, technically this is our 2024 grant cycle. So we did right. skip a year. Yeah. Well, and why did we do that? Well, you know, the reality is these things are hard work. You know, there's a lot of effort there. And if you want to really do it well and do it right and honor the winners, it's nice to give yourself some time to promote them and so on and so forth. But also enrollments went way up. I mean, the first year or two, you know, we'd have like 100 submissions, 150 submissions. And then like that third year, we jumped almost 900 submissions. This year, we're looks like we may break a thousand submissions. You know, and I know, I know, maybe. Yeah, maybe. And we'll, we'll be, we'll be, as my grandmother we'll from the south used to say, pert near. Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, that's hill talk. <laughs> pert near is like pretty, okay. like pretty close, pretty near. You know. Okay. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Oh, I yeah. No, I hear yeah. it now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, we decided to go, you know, biannual and we opened submissions a few months ago, but really, you know, everybody procrastinates. And so we're really seeing, you know, a lot of submissions now. Yeah. Don't we, we usually see a huge spike the, you know, night before the week before, you know, something people are kind of frantically getting their drafts in and that sort of thing, which no judgment. I mean, I've been there too. Oh yeah. It's crazy. I remember a couple of years ago, we we had like Three, over 300 submissions in the last 24 hours. <laughs> I mean, yeah, people... Right, exactly. I mean, yeah, no, that's to be expected. So I'm expecting that this year too. So yeah, we could break some records this year, which would be pretty cool. But I know I've been encouraging everyone that I've been in contact to apply as long as the grant is open, which by the way, is January 1st at midnight Pacific standard time. Yes? Indeed. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes. It's based since the company is based in L.A., the organization is based in L.A., so usually we do our things on PST time. PST time. That's redundant. It's just PST. <laughs> or PT, you know, as we as we say sometimes. But anyway, you're you're sure. right. Yes, we're 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 sort of operating on uh, L.A. time, so to speak. And then, but yeah, so midnight, December thirty first, people figure out what that you New Yorkers. I oh, guess wait, until three a.m. But. It's so wait, is it January 1st or December 31st that it closes? December 31st. Because, I mean, well, well, I guess I'll have to read the fine print. I think. I just okay. Okay. Because the copy on the website says January 1st. So. Well, then that's what it is. Then that's what it is. All right. Good. It, then that is what it is. Okay. So everyone listen. Did you hear that? Okay. Well, I'm not. So everyone, did you hear that? It's January 1st at midnight. PST. <laughs> God, yes. I must be drunk too. <laughs> I'm drunk from not sleeping. Did you know that? Like, I guess they say that you know when you're driving and you're not, you haven't had sleep. That's just as bad as driving drunk. So, yeah, yes, indeed, indeed. Well, it is exciting. Our grant for 2024. We'll announce the winners. You know what, June 1st or something. So, 
you can't win if you don't play people. So get in there and submit your submissions. And it's wonderful yeah. to see. Even if so, you've submitted before, if you right. submitted last year, the only people who aren't eligible, I think, are artists that have won in in previous years. But if you, you've applied before, apply again. Apply again, apply, apply, apply again. So yeah, so it's exciting, right? You're, you're ahead. The grant, we get to identify six new winners who will join our alumni and really impressive group of, of artists. And so that's super exciting. What, one of the things that people love about what you do, Morgan, is you know all the artists or so many artists that, uh, that you've interviewed and talked to are, are always so, usually speaking, very vocal in their appreciation for your, shall we call it, fair, balanced reporting. I mean, <laughs> you always, you know, shine a, a wonderful light on these individual artists. And I think, you know, oftentimes they, in your writing, they, they really do um, feel seen and heard by you. And at least in your writing and your writing is very accessible and it's very easy and, you know, easy. I mean, it's, it's well written because it's, enjoyable and easy read. It's, you know, we, we don't do art speak here. If you read our stuff on our website, it's all very friendly and user-friendly, so to speak. But the artists just love how you respect them, honor them, and celebrate them with your interviews and your stories. Well, thank you. That means a lot to me. And yeah, we do get a lot of nice comments from our artists. And you know, I, I wouldn't be able to do it without a lot of the uh, help that you've given me you know, along the way resources and that sort of thing to go ahead and get this done. So that's definitely part of it too. But yes, we do really try to work closely with the artists. We don't get an opportunity to necessarily chat with them, every single artist, just because things move so fast over here. But just coming from a journalism background, and also I went to art school. So like, I, I guess I, I just love it. And I grew up around art. My mom's an art teacher. And I grew up around artists and in like a very creative community and that sort of thing. And so I was always really interested in the stories behind how this happened or, uh, you know, the people in little pocket of culture. And growing up in this area, we would write some of the writing and, and the just kind of sharing things is very grassroots. And so we're writing these kind of like human-centered stories, like they're very story-focused and that sort of thing. And that's how I sort of learned to talk to the artists and to write about them in a very story-centric way, because that's, you know, that's what pulls people in and gets interested, gets them interested in the artist and the artwork is the story behind everything. So no matter what I'm doing, I'm always looking for that core story element You've been writing a long time. I mean, you're, you know, the old saying 10,000 hours, you've, you've probably got 15,000 hours. We just did a podcast about that. Yeah. Yeah. But so how would you say you did, I mean, your process over the years as a art writer, so to speak, how do you think you hone that ability to kind of be so clear and, and comprehensible? Well, I had good mentors. That's important. I had I had good people that, you know, I was working with and that I looked up to and that, uh, you know, on some level I was probably trying to impress. And I respond well to that kind of thing. So, you know, if you're somebody who responds well to, to mentors and deadlines and expectations and then so, and that sort of thing, like get yourself a community and some people that you respect and look up to and might be terrified of disappointing because on some level that that does work. So I, I mean, I, I had that. So that's great. So I want to really credit some of the people around me 
to giving me a shot. Cause like when I first got into writing, I told you I went to art school and I didn't study really writing in school when I, you know, when I was there because I was a studio major as a little studio majors will probably be able to tell you, you don't leave the studio. If you're a studio major, barely, like you're just there all the time working on your stuff. But I didn't get a chance to do too much writing in, in college. And, you know, somewhere along the way, somebody just took a chance on me. So, um, I really have to to give them credit for doing that. And then the other thing that I would credit it to is that I <laughs> I was a total loner as a kid and not that I didn't have friends, but I was very introverted and I always considered, you know, my bookshelf to be kind of my yes. my best friend <laughs> even if that's sounds really sad and but but I had a huge thing for books when I was younger and and now still even you know, if you want to write well, if anyone is listening and wants to improve their writing skills, read, read, read a lot, read for hours, you know, and I'm, I, I, this comes from somebody who absolutely loves watching TV and movies. I love it. I love watching TV. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. There are a lot of great shows out there, but pull out a book after you're done or something, you know? <laughs> You heard it, people. Crack the books. Get out there. Be a better writer and read, read, read. Well, so the artists just love, you know, they love the attention that you give them. Our readers love your writing style. You display it in so many different ways, not just, you know, obviously with curating some of the online exhibitions with you and Kirsten, because you guys are writing curatorial statements and you're, you know, you're yeah. doing all that. Stuff. And Kirsten is, Kirsten is great too. Yeah. And, and, you know, but you have the Q plus art series where you're, you know, asking the Q stands for questions, people Q and a get it Q and art. We're interviewing artists and, and that's a great series. People, people really, I think the artists really appreciate that. And our readers really appreciate that. So, yeah. So I feel like you're oiling the gears, my friend, you're building a well-oiled machine here. It's a great thing to see. I enjoy watching and you're right i don't you know i try not to micromanage i you know it's like you know what just hire smart people or no, you, smart people you and, don't. Let, and let them do their thing just get out of the way but that's i think that's a tradition i come from in terms of having mentors and bosses who who sort of let me screw mm. up you know, like no 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 you know we'll figure yeah. it out brain you know yeah no that's important to be able to screw up i certainly have many times in trying to find my way and accepted things that you know i probably shouldn't have and all that it you know it, it's a journey it, it takes a while to get there all right you and i can talk about so many things you know and we need to be careful i know we could we promised them a year in roundup and and so i'm going to go next because okay great you know i'll talk about something i'm I, i'm really proud of oh can i say one more thing before you of course. get into it so we actually i am proud of the q and r interviews love doing those interviews a little bit and Scott was actually the one who came up with this idea so I have to credit this to him but it's a little bit like the Prost questionnaire but you know for artists and I think we even have some some similar questions in there to the Prost questionnaire the Vanity Fair does but some of the questions are more in-depth some are fun but on Monday we are publishing a roundup of our favorite cue and our interviews from 2023 so please keep a lookout for that because that will serve as its own little kind of roundup for the Q&R style articles love that that's exciting how many artists are featured in the roundup 
Ugh, only six. I could have done way more, but like I try to put boundaries in place, you know, um, just so there are always other ways that we can like include those artists and honor the, the other artists in other ways too. It was really hard to choose. It was so hard to choose. We had so many good interviews this year. That was my next question. I mean, like, what's the criteria? Because, you know, because it's so hard. Everyone just is so strong in their own way. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And I, I didn't choose like, for example, like we could have gone like, oh, what were the most popular ones? But I, I didn't do it from that kind of it was more sort of like an intuitive thing. You know, I went back and I, I looked over everything. Like, I'll just give you an example. I wanted to include Chris Combs as one of the artists because he had some really he's an electronics artist. He does these, you know, electronic type sculptures and was in one of our exhibitions this year as well, our art and tech exhibition. And he had some really interesting thoughts on the state of AI, technology, you know, roles in our life, what it's doing to us and that sort of thing. And so I included his interview because it's very topical right now. And and also he's funny. It was an entertaining interview. So it could be, you know, just as simple as that. That that always helps when somebody, you know, can make you laugh too. That's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, sure. Um, definitely. I definitely. So, okay. okay. So, so that's great. So we got a round what up. What were your some of your favorite things, Scott? Then one of my favorite things this year was and is the new video series that we are one hundred percent developed and exclusively it's an exclusive for not real art. You can't watch it, you can't see it anywhere else, people, but this amazing new video series called Remote with Benir Badir McCleary told you I was drunk. Sorry, Badir. <laughs> the remote series is is amazing. I mean, it's you know, Badir is the he's the writer, the director, the producer, the on air talent, the editor. I mean, he does it all. It's his vision. It's his writing. He does it all. His, you know, and he goes to L.A., Philly, Houston, San Antonio, Washington D.C. You know, he's going to go to New York and Chicago and you know all these places and cover the public art there um and you know these videos are what seven eight nine ten minutes long so he's they're short yeah relatively and but they pack a big punch because the knowledge and the information that that badir is dropping in such a pleasant and articulate and entertaining way you know it's easy to watch easy to understand i mean badir is brilliant but he breaks you know these complex ideas down really simply for us for the listener and you know it's just wonderful and you know and badir's obviously long time, you know, kind of friend and colleague and we love Badir and, and he's been a judge on our grant a couple of years now. And, you know, so we've worked together in different ways, but when he and I were together, you know, many months ago now at an art event here in LA and we were, you know, we I kept saying, you know, we got to do something together. Further to what we were saying a minute ago, I just want to find great artists and creators and let them do what they do. And I told Badir, you know, he said, well, what do you think we should do? I said, I don't know. You tell me, you know, you come up with the idea and whatever you're passionate about, um, let's do that. And he came back, you know, a few days later and said, I got this idea for remote. I want to cover public art and you know, what is public art and its role? And by the way, is it public art if there's no public and you know, like all this stuff. Right. And I said, go for it. And so, and he did, boy, did he. And we were now, I think we're about to drop episode five in January. And I don't know if you noticed Morgan, but our other colleague, I did, Jurgen did a wonderful job of reworking the homepage a bit so people can very easily find remote now, either by clicking the button above remote video series or, you know, on the banner ad as well. So anyway, I just am so proud of remote. I think it's really unique and special. It's ex available exclusively at notrealart.com. 
And so I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of Badir and I'm very grateful for Badir and the series. And I, I can't wait to see what he does next. I love it. I love it. I love the new page for it. And uh, yeah, if anyone hasn't seen this yet, there's a completely different page for the remote series. You know, you can find it at the top of the the homepage um, on the banner, like Scott said, or just click on the remote video series tab. We are actually five videos in, and so we're getting ready to drop the sixth one in January. Right, right. And the last one, you know, what I really love about these is that he'll go to and so Badir, from what he's told me that he he's a big traveler, he likes to travel a lot. And unfortunately, I haven't, I've traveled a lot, maybe along the East Coast, but there's a lot of cities and that sort of thing that I haven't seen. And he really sort of goes in and brings out the character of these cities through the public art. And like, I've been to DC before, but not since I was in high school, which I'm not going to tell you how long ago that was, time ago, Morgan, long it was, time ago. It was a while. It was a while ago. It was a while ago. Okay. It was, we, we went, we went for like a, our school went for a protest. I don't really remember it that well, but uh, Badir's last video, he, he goes to the national mall and there is a, you know, an exhibition there um, outside that obviously wasn't there when I was in eighth grade. But it's really nice. Like it feels like you're sort of like transported into these cities, and you get to know the character of these cities. Like DC, you did a really great job with Philly, where he's from. You kind of get like a really good sense of the culture of these cities, the character of the the culture through through what he's doing, which is kind of nice for someone who hasn't been there or may, may not have been there for a long time. Yeah, I mean, this video series is part travel show because, you know, he's, yeah. he's all over the place and he's taking you to these fantastic works of public art and kind of exploring the city in the process. And so there's some history in there and there's some politics in there and, you know, and, and it's all about the art and the artists at the end of the day. But you just get a flavor for those communities and those cities uh, through the lens of this public art and and through the perspective and, and intellect of Badir. And it's just a wonderful series. I'm, I'm thrilled that we're doing it with him and we're, we're going to keep doing it with him. I hope if he'll put up with us, we want to keep doing it. <laughs> so Badir, please don't quit us, man. Don't quit us. We're thrilled. I'm very proud of that. So that's, you know, also, of course, something I'm excited about in 2024, the, yeah. what, what Badir does next and, and for us and how the remote series kind of plays out. So yeah, I'm 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 really proud of that this in 2023. I think it's definitely one of the the highlights editorially anyway for the year. Definitely. I mean, and especially since it's our, you know, it's our own programming. I'm always proud of our own programming. The grant, you know, the remote series, that sort of thing. And it's just been a great year for us. And 2024, we've got a we've got a bunch of stuff still coming up. We've got some stuff from Artsville that we're going to be doing on our blog too. And Artsville is one of our partner companies out of Asheville, North Carolina. So shout out to them. Shout out Asheville. We love you guys. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out to Asheville. So we're going to be trying to cover a little bit more from them this year too. Got a whole slate of exhibitions coming and I want to give out another a shout out to Kirsten too because she's been doing such great work with those. She's the curator and the, the staff archivist over here and she helps me put the exhibitions together and we do one every month, which I don't know if that sounds like a lot to you, Scott, but it does keep us busy. Totally. And she's been great with helping out on that. 
Yeah, Kirsten is, I mean, she's amazing. And shout out to Jurgen because, I mean, we know Kirsten because of Jurgen. Mm. Jurgen's been with us for the last five years, helping us do everything digitally online properly using SEO best practices and just making sure that, you know, we're, we're handling our digital content in the best way. Yeah. But he introduced us to Kirsten and Kirsten has been building, helping us build our database. She's, you know, and when it comes to our database and archiving and what have you, she is the point person on that, but she's also this amazing writer. And, and so you and Kirsten have just really killed it in terms of curating these. And by the way, to be clear, the online exhibition idea was Kirsten's idea. Like she pitched that to me a long time ago. And then we, I don't know, we weren't really ready to do it or couldn't do it or whatever it was. It just took some time. And then, and then eventually, of course you got involved and then you guys just started running with it. And it's just turned out to be this fantastic you know, this fantastic thing. Yeah. And something to really be proud of. It's been going great. Yeah. And no, something to really be proud of. And I mean, it kind of, what I love too about it is that it sort of forces you to hunt through the archive. And I mean, our archive is packed, you know? And so like, sometimes it is fun to kind of hunt through the archive and discover an artist or an artwork that you maybe have forgotten about. So that's really cool too. For sure. For sure. For sure. Well, one of the things that I'm excited about in 2024 is kind of our new approach to the podcast schedule. Just so, you know, I'll share with everyone listening. So we're going to change it up in 2024 on the podcast, not really our podcast, because we've been doing this for a few years now and we have some new opportunities this year that we just didn't have in years past and we're growing and we're busy. So we kind of, you know, we kind of need to manage and shape shift a bit and just change up a little bit here and there. And so we've decided to approach our podcast programming, you know, in a very different way this year. Historically, we drop one new episode every week. And that episode is usually me interviewing an artist. So it's kind of a one-on-one conversation. And we do our best to drop a new episode every week. Of course, the last week of every month, we try to do what we call auditorial, which is really an editorial podcast where I get on the mic and, you know, pontificate about something that's, you know, on my mind or something (laughs) I think might hopefully is helpful or interesting or relevant to our listeners. And so the last week of every month are these so-called auditorials led by me. So what we're doing this year, how and over the last people don't realize it maybe you've already mentioned Artsville, you know, we've we've developed many pot, you know, Crew West Studio, my company, which owns Not Real Art and produces Not Real Art, you know, we actually have developed and produced other art brands, if you will. And, you know, to the extent that Not Real Art is really sort of focused on contemporary creative culture and contemporary visual artists and what have you. We started Artsville a couple of years ago to really celebrate and honor American contemporary arts and crafts and from Asheville and beyond. And so, because Asheville is such an amazing place with incredible artists and craftspeople and artisans and makers and you know and so we've started a a show and we have other podcasts as well we have of course the conduit music podcast with dan ubik we have the laugh gallery comedy podcast we have our world horror stories you know we have gringo and the man coming up we got lots of things and so the point is is that well okay when we're looking at 2024 for our podcast schedule and we're really busy and we got a shape shift this is what we're going to do next year, Morgan. <laughs> we're going to do only two, I don't say only, we're going to do two original new episodes a month. So they'll do, we'll do one auditorial every month with me taking on a topic of some kind. And then we'll do an original new interview with an artist or an art leader of some kind. So, you know, one once a month you're going to hear from me and once a month you're going to hear from someone else. You maybe never 
you know, heard of before. And then the other two weeks, one week each month, we're going to do a rerun. You know, we have 250 episodes now. This very well may be our 250th episode. I think it might be. Amazing. It's our 250th episode, people. Yay. (laughs) At least 250 hours worth of my time. Anyway, so what we're going to do is we're going to find the best episodes from years past and we're going to do reruns. We're going to pull out some of the best conversations, some of the best guests we've had over the years. And once a month, we're going to honor and go back and repost those episodes and bring new life uh, into, you know, some past content. And then another week, what we're going to do is we're going to do a crossover promotion where we feature one of our other podcasts. Uh, You've mentioned Artsville. So, you know, once a month, we'll drop a, you know, a couple of these months, we'll drop an Artsville episode that we think you guys will like. One week, one month, we'll drop a Conduit Music Podcast interview that, you know, that we think you guys might like. So we're going to do these crossover promotions where we're dropping in these other podcasts that we develop. So week one, I think is always going to be an original interview, new original interview. Week two, maybe be a cross promotion. Week three, we'll do a rerun. And then the fourth week of the month, we'll do an auditorial. And that's what we're going to do. You know, in 2024, we're going to see how it works. I think it'll definitely be interesting to see how that plays out and and how that impacts things. In some ways, it is going to be less laborious than producing four new episodes every week, you know, one new episode a week. And so we'll see how it goes. But but I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out in 2024 and how people respond. We'll see. Some surprises, maybe. I feel like we're probably getting close to wrapping up here, but yeah. there is one more thing that I'd like for us to talk about before we before we jump off here that I, that I hope we're both proud of, but that is our new membership portal. Yes. Tell us about that, Morgan. Oh, okay. Well, for those of you interested, you can access this through our home page and there is a, there's a submit button on the navigation bar, which is where you'll want to go. And we also have a banner, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, the banner. On the home page where it says, you know, send us your work, get featured on our site. That's going to be where the membership is. And you submit your artwork and basically for a chance to get covered on any one of our programming. It could be the podcast, perhaps. More likely, it would be part of our editorial, maybe for exhibitions that sort of thing. And there are other perks though, too. Do you want to talk about the other perks? So one of the goals in 2024 is to nurture the community that we've built. You know, we've done a really good job of amassing and coalescing and organizing thousands of artists who are now sort of in our orbit and in our ecosystem and community. And so we're going to spend a lot of time in 2024 intentionally nurturing and engaging our community in a way that we haven't in the past. Because part of there should be benefits, right, on a certain level to being in a community. One of those benefits is just, you know, having other people to share ideas and communicate with and, you know, have thought partners. And then, you know, but being a part of a community should give you access to interesting tools and assets and intelligence for your business or your arts practice, what have you. And so, you know, there are incentives to join our community if you submit and sort of, uh, you know, opt in and lean in and and tap into what we're doing. And so there's going to be certain business intel and assets that I think that will be exclusive to people that sign up that will hopefully help your arts practice. For example, one of the lists that we're going to be distributing will be a list of 100 art buyers who work for big brands and corporations that want to license your work. When you join our community, you'll be able to get a 
PDF document that lists, you know, the names and emails and phone numbers of art buyers from Nordstrom's and from Nike and from big brands, people that companies that like to license artwork for their products and or their advertising or what have you. And so anyway, so that's just one example of the kinds of hopefully relevant value added benefits and content that comes with opting into being part of our community. And so we want there to be, you know, certain perks. I think the word is perks and benefits. Perks and benefits. Yes, indeed. Definitely. Perks and benefits. Always. Did I miss anything? That sounded pretty good. The perks and benefits. And then, you know, of course, the, with the editorial, there's always a chance that, you know, we could pick uh, something from there because we're always reviewing the submissions and that sort of thing. So the membership is great. If you feel like, you know, your work deserves to be seen, you want a little editorial love, submit. We review them all the time. So you never know. Even if you think that you might not have a chance, you don't know. So until you like, what, what is it that you like to say, Scott, you don't something about playing the game. Oh, you can't win if you can't, can't win if you don't play. Right, right, right. (laughs) Right. Show up and show up and and give it a shot. Got to show up. So yeah, that would be my final, my final message of the day. Submit to the grant before January 1st at midnight. And if you miss that deadline, you're always welcome to submit your artwork to be covered on our editorial. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, that's the thing. That's one of the other benefits of kind of opting into the community is that, you know, you're going to be in our database and you're going to be considered for various online exhibitions and other exhibitions that we're curating, other programs and other interviews. We're always looking for great artists to interview and feature. And so, and there's no cost. It's free. Oh yeah, it's definitely free. Step step right up, step right up. Get some freebies here, people. So, you know, as we wrap up though, I want to, of course, Morgan, uh, thank you for all the great hard work that you do to keep this train running on on its track on time in spite of me and my shenanigans. So kudos and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, Morgan, to you and, and your family. And I'm just so grateful that you're my colleague and my friend and we're doing this together. I don't want to wrap up without, you know, saying that. I want to thank our whole team, of course, you know, Jurgen and Kirsten and Badir and, you know, Katie Love and Dan Ubik and Man One and David Schwartz. And, you know, I mean, who am I missing? Yeah, graphics guy. Yep. I was going to say Dave because I've been working with him a lot. We we shouted out Artsville, Meredith. Artsville, Louise Lippin and Meredith and all of our Artsville people in Asheville and Josh Waddles, of course. Uh, Shout out Josh and, and Ann Martin over at Sugar Press and you know, I mean, my God, who am I forgetting? I know I'm forgetting so many people, but I'm sure we are. We just appreciate them. And- oh, what about all the art, all the artists, all of the artists course. that we've covered this year, all the artists in our exhibitions. If you appeared in one of our exhibitions, we covered you. Like, thank you for your time. You didn't have to show up to do that. You did. You helped us make something great. They helped us look really good and we hope good yeah made them look better because we're nothing without the artists that old saying about being human centric well we're we're artist centric and everything we do is is really around our passion for helping artists uh, tell their stories and promote their work and so thank you artists for showing up raising your hand step you know opting in leaning in and and working with us because we we love you guys just an embarrassment of riches and blessings uh, here in this end of year roundup and you know i'm stoked i know the world's a crazy place the world's always a crazy place if you know enough history you know that it's never been a safe place 
But hopefully, you know, some of the craziness going on will start to calm down and we can relax a little bit. I know it's a tense time, which is, you know, why you want to hug the one you're with and enjoy the holidays because really at the end of the day, nothing matters more than family and friends. And, you know, if all politics are local, well, then just, you know, stay home and enjoy your family because that's the best politics I know. And then there's one more thing, Morgan, one more thing before we go that I'm really, really proud of in 2023. And in 2020, this is something that will also be exciting next Christmas and the Christmas after that and the Christmas after that. Because as you very well know, because you're the editor of Not Real Art, Crew West Studio, our mothership, did something really interesting this year for our Christmas holiday promotion. And we released a hip hop holiday song, which very well made me the world's first hip hop holiday song about Christmas in LA. And it is called Christmas in LA. And it features some of LA's top MCs, Micah Nine, uh, Medusa, AC Alone, Tumex, as well as Grammy Award winning Ozo Motley singing the chorus. Our good friend Dan Ubik produced the track for us. Our good friend Man One did all the key art and the album art. And so Christmas in LA is a gift that we're giving to anybody. They can download for free and save it to their music library. You know, just go to xmasinla.com, xmas, x-m-a-s-l-a-n-i-n-l-a, xmasinla.com. Download the track, save it to your music library. And it's, it's hot, people. Believe me, it's a lot of fun. If you're at all a hip hop head and appreciate throwback to 80s, 90s, you're probably going to really you know, get a kick out of it. Whether you're from LA or not, you're going to probably appreciate it. If you don't want to download it or what have you, just want to stream it, it's totally available on Spotify and Apple Music right now. Just search for Connie Price and the Keystones or, or just search for Christmas in LA. It should pop right up. But you know what, Morgan, I think, you know, that being said, I feel like we should end the podcast with the song. I feel like as we say goodbye. Oh, wait, you're not going to make me sing it, are you? (laughs) Come on. Jingle, 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 Christmas in LA. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Don't make me. You don't want me to sing. We're going to play the song as we go out on a really fun, well, kind of fun. That's great. Great idea. Somewhat tired. uh, Year-end holiday. We wrap up a podcast episode here at Not Real Art. I'm so grateful that, Morgan, you took time to sit down with me at at 9.49 in the morning. Thank you for having me. And it was fun. Yeah. Merry Christmas. And yeah, we, we hardly ever get a chance to talk like this. Usually our editorial meetings are all like rush, rush, rush. So this was nice. Yeah, and I want to say thank you for having me. And I'm so grateful for the great year that we've had. And you're a huge part of that. We've had a great year. I think next year is going to be like even better. And you're a huge part of that. Definitely. So I wanted to say thank you so much for being one of those supportive mentors. I, I you know, I consider you as one of those people that I was lucky enough to stumble across. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Yeah. It's people don't be fooled. I'm, I'm a taskmaster. I'm, I'm, I crack the whip. Work work (laughs) more. It's a secret secret whip. Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) Burn the midnight oil. He calls me at 2 a.m. Yeah. No, no, (laughs) no quality of life for you. Mental health. We don't care about mental health, mental health, mental schmelz. Anyway, whatever. Morgan, you're the best. And let's play it. Let's go. Let's go out. Merry Christmas. Let's play it. Let's do it. Let's hear it. People, County Price and the Keystones, Christmas in LA. Hit it.
Handing you money in a sobre Just past the eggnog I wanna get so drunk I forgot to put my leg on Nowadays I just get socks and underwear And a bunch of things I don't even wanna wear But it's the sentiment that truly counts As long as you with family Who cares about your bank account Once upon a chilly winter evening in LA Near the heart of the city All on them hip-hop waves Enthusiasts decided to do a twist in holidays To spontaneously burst rap files But out of play Christmas carols Bond sharper than icicles And the beatbox coat is a blizzard No slight drizzle Battle at a crowded RTD station Freestyling lines like jingle bells For all the seed ballot But no single cells Commuters couldn't help But join in yelling Donating melon My tango shell The corner Hollywood and Highland A bus store open Still carrying festive energy People trail Passengers nodding their head To the funky remedy Deck the halls next We stalled in the vicinity Banged out Little drummer boy So friendly Nobody's other than us In the driver giggling Jingle, jingle, jingle Christmas in L.A. Cruising through the neighborhood in a Ford or Chevrolet Oh, jingle, 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 Christmas in the hood Oh, what fun it is to ride from the beach to Bingo Come on, come on. 
Thanks for listening to the Not Real Art Podcast. Please make sure to like this episode, write a review, and share with your friends on social. Also, remember to subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. Not Real Art is produced by Crew West Studios in Los Angeles. Our theme music was created by Ricky Peugeot and Desi DeLauro from the band Parlor Social. Not Real Art is created by We Edit Podcast and hosted by Captivate. Thanks again for listening to Not Real Art. We'll be back soon with another inspiring episode celebrating creative culture and the artists who make it.